Welcome to the Business for Good podcast, hosted by myself, Megan Lampke, where we inspire people to dare greatly, do good, and impact lives while reimagining their businesses for good. Join us weekly as we interview top executives, founders, and business owners to learn why they've decided to add an impact component to their products and services. This show is partnered with Venture, a nonprofit organization based in Minnesota, where their vision is to do tough things to reach people in tough places, working with their Business for Good platform. To learn more information or to get involved, visit venture.org forward slash business for good. Now let's dive in. Welcome to the Business for Good podcast. I'm Megan Lamke, and today I'm so excited to have Mike Morowski with us. For those of you that don't know Mike, he's a 30-plus year real estate investment veteran. He's controlled over $285 million in real estate transactions. He's an entrepreneur, an author, a real estate trainer, a public speaker, a personal health coach with a strong personal resilience, and deep desire to help others live an extraordinary life. I am so excited for Mike to unpack his story and his journey and who he's been able to impact along the way. He's coached hundreds of real estate investors to fulfill their dreams and has impact so many through his passion for both preventing human sex trafficking and homelessness. So Mike, welcome. We're so glad that you're here. Thanks, Megan. I'm really glad to be here as well. So, Yeah, well, start us off. Tell us a little bit about you and the journey that you've been on. Sure. So uh, I've been in real estate for about 30 years. Um, I started out as a residential agent, uh, went into the business and uh, didn't know anybody, but I believe success left cl- leaves clues. So I sought somebody out who was very successful and went and asked them if they would teach me what to do and um, they made me a cassette tape. And I always like to say that because it's like you c- can't find anything to play them on anymore, much less make any find anything to record one on anymore. And that's what he did. And I equate it to being like a podcast today, right? Mm-hmm. But I listened to that over and over and over again. And my first eight months in the real estate business, I went out and sold 78 homes. Uh, built a team selling 125 homes a year and did that consecutively for about eight or nine years. Went to uh, the apartment business, raised uh, $18 million and bought $60 million worth of real estate. It was about 4,000 units in five different states and uh, built a property management company. We managed about 7,500 units. So, Which is amazing and so exciting that You've been able to transform and grow teams and grow your business. Um, Tell us a little bit about the journey that you've been on personally and why have you chosen to make a difference through some of the initiatives that you talked about? Yeah, so so a couple of things. You know, when I I built that company and one of the things when, when we started to build that company was I really wanted to give back. You know, I had a couple of missions in the midst of my syndication business was one was that I wanted to provide a place that was safe and secure housing for single parents, mm-hmm. not just single moms, but there's plenty of single dads out there raising kids, too. And so I, I always uh, had this uh, initiative around our apartment 
communities that they did provide a security that if those kids were coming home from school on their own, that, you know, there wasn't a bunch of gang banging going on and a lot of Mm -hmm. things and, and that we had a higher level of tenant and we were able to re-engineer most of our, our properties to, to flow like that. But the other thing that was really close to my heart along the way was, is homelessness. And, you know, it's an epidemic and I think it's uh I don't know that it's gotten any better over the years and especially, you know, with some of the things in our environment and the way the world is. But uh, I, I started a foundation that we, you know, was specifically designed to give back to the people that were living on the street. And there was an organization that I partnered with for a number of years uh, in Chicago, and our whole goal was to provide housing and an educational program uh, back to uh, people who, you know, didn't have a place to live that got booted from their house or were living on the street. And and it was a very, it was a pretty strict criteria. So uh, as much as we only took a a few people in, uh, the work that we did with those few people was uh, very productive. So, this organization, uh, and their name was Bridge Communities, they, mm-hmm. we only focused in one county in, Ch- in the Chicago market. In the Chicago mm-hmm. market, there's about uh, seven different counties that are within the reach, and we only focused on one, one county, and that was uh, the DuPage County market. And what we did, uh, what they did, I should say, is they would uh, go in and buy multifamily properties. So they'd buy six and 12 unit buildings and they'd convert them to condominiums. And then uh, they would partner with organizations like us Mm -hmm. and from a corporate standpoint, and we would fund families in each of those units. So we could fund a family on a monthly basis for about $720 a month. um, and, And that would provide their housing and their utilities and a percentage of their uh, groceries on a monthly basis. Wow, Uh, that's remarkable. That $720 a month does so much. Like, Yeah, because of the way they bought the real estate and the way they were able to uh, get funding on the real estate. And, you know, remember, Megan, this was a number of years ago, too. This was yeah, 10, 12 years <laughs> right. ago. So things are a little bit different today. But but what was interesting about this program is we would fund these people. And, and you know, it's fine to give them housing and get them off the street and put them in places like this. But what do you do for an educational program? So there was a they built a two year educational program and they would partner with the local churches. And a couple or two couples would partner with one family. Mm -hmm. And so for two years, those couples would meet with that family once a month and they would teach them the fundamentals of that we take for granted, right? Mm -hmm. How to balance a checkbook, how to get a credit card, how to take care of your credit, how to talk to an attorney, things that you and I might take for granted. Some people have lost those the ability to do those things. Mm-hmm. And so uh, these church organizations would meet with these people and they would teach them all these lessons. And at the end of the two years, 
the requirements were these people had to uh, pass this program. They had to uh, qualify, be able to qualify for a mortgage. And, be, and part of being able to qualify for a mortgage was that they were able to, uh, they kept a, they had a job for uh, 12 to 24 months, mm-hmm. right? The same job. So they had partner, they had some banking partners and they would uh, provide mortgages for these people. So now this condominium that they've lived in for two years and mm-hmm. they've had this education program going on and they've been funded by, you know, that was, and I should say $720 was our portion. You know, they had to pl- pay a portion as well. Yeah. And I don't remember what those numbers were. Um, but after the end of two years, they had the ability to buy the, the condo and they could buy it at 60% of market value. What? That's amazing. 60% so, market value of a condo they've already been living in. That's right. like instant equity for them. Yeah, absolutely. And that was the whole purpose behind the program. And if you knew the guys who ran this non-for-profit uh, that we partnered with, they were amazing. They, their story is amazing. And I'll tell you a little bit about that. But uh, so anyhow, um, they, they could buy this condo. Now, what's even more amazing is the non-for-profit would hold paper on 50% of it. So they only had to go qualify for a mortgage for 50%. So let's say the condo was 100,000. They could buy it for 60, 65,000. The bank would give them 30,000 and the, uh, the non-for-profit would hold it at a reduced interest rate for um, five years on the other uh, piece of it. So, yeah. if you, you know, now they own it. Now they could live there, move, sell it, do whatever they wanted with it, right? That's um, so creative. I love that, that you're taking these assets that um, would be undesirable, that you're getting them for a bargain, you're working right. with a nonprofit right. organization to fix them up, you're helping people along the way uh, better themselves on not just financial, on real estate, on life right. skills, and then you're turning around and empowering them to make sophisticated decisions. That's amazing. Yeah, it is an amazing initiative. When I first met Bob, uh, Bob is the name of one of the, one of the founders of, of Bridge Communities. Um, I spent, you know, we, we, we originally had a meeting set up. I think it was like for an hour. We were going to meet for lunch. We wound up spending five hours together that day. I was, I was captivated with the, his mission with what they were doing because my that's where my heart was right Mm -hmm. and him and his next door neighbor jeff lived together or lived next to each other for like 20 years and he said that they talked about this back and forth all the time until finally one day they made a decision and went and bought a building and started this whole organization so it you know it was just it was really interesting how they put this whole thing together. And if you'd have met these two guys, you'd never, you would never know that about them. They were so humble and so, um, you know, not flamboyant, not, you know, they did not live a expensive, stylish, rich lifestyle whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Uh, just incredible men. That's awesome. When, you can be around such servant leaders who 
are mm. leading because it's just a simply a great way to impact people and do some good and yeah. generate more positivity. That's amazing. So in your real estate career, how many of these families were you able to, to impact and do you still keep in touch with them? Yeah. You know, it's funny. Um, we were, we were at arm's length away, so we really didn't know any of the families, you know, because our relationship was with the nonprofit. With bridging communities, yep. With bridge communities, right. Uh, but we, we had some fun along the way. I did a golf outing every year, and uh, we had a couple of other events like wine and cheese events throughout mm-hmm. the year and, and uh, some uh, silent auctions around the holidays. We raised a bunch of money. Over a period of time, we raised a little over $2 million that we uh, fully donated back to, um, you know, I think our, our expenses at the time were, were around 28% is what it cost us to operate. And the rest of the money went back to uh, um, bridge communities. So we were pretty, um, we tried to give back as much as we possibly could of the money that we raised, because I think that a lot of times you find foundations that um, aren't able to do that. Their costs are so high. We really tried to keep our costs down. Um, we had some great volunteers on our board that uh, uh, helped the initiative and helped us uh, drive the thing. So That's awesome. And I'm guessing it helps with employee retention when you're sharing the good that you're doing throughout this foundation and you're empowering or encouraging people to come along for the ride with all of the golf outing right. events and the wine and cheese. Who wouldn't love um, networking with great individuals while uh, having fun and, and a great cause can benefit from that. Could you talk a little bit about the employee retention or your impact on your colleagues? Yeah. You know, um, well, you know, I don't know that I really have ever thought about that. I, I, I built a pretty substantial company, you know, mm-hmm. and I had 138 employees working for us. Um, most of whom who, who were out of state because we owned uh, 4,000 apartments in, in five different states, right? So I'm in Chicago and our biggest footprint was in the Dallas-Fort Worth market. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, most of our employees were out of state. And when I talk about employees, I talk about, you know, maintenance, uh, mm-hmm. maintenance people and leasing agents and managers. And uh, so, um, I think that I think we had a high retention in employees because we were just we really had a good organization to work for. Mm-hmm. I always had the heart of giving back to our employees and doing more for them as much as we could, right? Mm-hmm. Um, without, you know, we were never crazy or off, you know, like we didn't own, we didn't take big fancy trips or own boats or planes or anything like that. <laughs> right. right. But, but we were, we always were, were generous. We'd have great, we had some great events and some great employee picnics and parties and things like that. And we always did those types of things for our, on our properties for our tenants, right. A couple of parties throughout the year, things like mm-hmm. that. So um, I think there were always some good events that we we gave back as much as we possibly could. Um, I, in our corporate office, though, we had I had some of the greatest um, people that worked for us, and I will um, my heart will always be to those people 
a lot because uh, they helped us grow and they helped us, uh, you know, do what we did. That's for sure. Um, Cause yeah. we grew, I grew a company very fast and, you know, as fast as we grew it, we had some problems and we had some challenges because it's right in the middle of the worst economic crisis in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, we learned from it and, you know, we did a lot of good in the midst of, of some of the trouble that we had. Yeah. Well, I think that's so important is to be focused on good and something that's larger than yourself. Forbes actually did a business research study where when you have some sort of component about philanthropic giving or fighting social justice issues like humanitarian efforts for providing housing through bridge communities, like you guys said, um, it actually increases employee retention by over 50%. And so you get to keep top talent in-house and continue to do more good together. That's why I was curious. It sounds like you had really similar results of building wonderful teams internally and then getting to make a huge impact externally. That's an interesting statistic. I don't know that I've ever heard that before, but it's really, it's really interesting. And, and when I think about it, you know, the people, the, the employees that worked for the company uh, who volunteered their time on the um, um, foundation side, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I noticed that you could notice a difference in people's attitude when they mm-hmm. were giving back or doing something or doing something that was outside of their norm, right? That wasn't part of their life that they knew they were helping somebody else. You know, I'll never forget a time. And I'll just tell a quick story. Yeah. Um, somebody called us one of, one of my daughter's friends from school said, Hey, doesn't your dad have a foundation? Mm-hmm. And I, and uh, my daughter said, Hey dad, we found out about this family that's living in a, um, in a self-storage place. And so we were able to go and um, help this family get out of this self-storage facility they were living in. And um, we put them in, we, we got them, they, they passed this, you know, uh, this bridge communities had such a stringent criteria because they wanted to make sure that their success rate on the back end was high, mm-hmm. right? So I think that they graduated 90% of the families, right? 92% of the families, I think is what the number was. And out of 92%, like 80 some percent of them went on to buy the unit that they lived in. Wow. So their, their percentage rates were really high. And, and I know that they had mortgages on about 270 uh, units. So that kind of goes to show you over, you know, 20 some years, how many uh, people they were able to help, and so, but we got this family out of this non for out of this uh, self storage and got them put into housing, and 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 I remember hearing a story a few years later about that family that they, you know, uh, had gotten back on their feet and they had gone and sold that condo and bought a new house and uh, things really worked out for them because their kids went to school with. Uh, these kids that told my daughter about this. And mm-hmm. so it was interesting how, uh, how that all came together. Yeah, how a simple um, kind gesture or a simple word of mouth 
can really rally an entire community around a family that's really beautiful. Yeah. yeah. So one thing I've noticed in all of the guests that we've had on the show is that there's this deep desire to make a difference in the world. And it comes from a passion or a why or um, this idea of leaving a legacy. Could you tell us a little bit about what drives you and what you're looking forward to most um, as you unpack some of those drives in 2021? Yeah, so, you know, I think I've always had this... um, passion or desire to give back, to do more for somebody else, right? I, um, and I think in the midst of that, uh, you know, I've stumbled a little bit along the way as a result because of not wanting to disappoint anybody or not mm-hmm. wanting to hurt anybody, right? Um, so, you know, I built, a, I built a pretty large company. I mean, I bought $60 million worth of real estate in 30 months with 4,000 apartments. And we raised $18 million to do that, right? So um, when the market got bad, and I, I started to realize that I wasn't going to be able to continue to do what I was doing, uh, we started to falter. You know, I built mm-hmm. a company that was very unstable. We we're over leveraged. Uh, and we hadn't raised enough money and problem was I couldn't, you know, when we started to struggle, I couldn't go back to my investors and say, Hey, we screwed up or this is what's going on. I I didn't want to let anybody know we were failing. Right. Mm. As a result of that, I, um, wound up making some business, uh, choices that were, were tough mistakes Mm. and wound up, uh, being charged with, uh, federal uh, wire fraud and mail fraud charges and got sentenced to 10 years in federal prison. And um, what's interesting is I probably want to give back more today than I ever have. Uh, you know, I told, I started this whole conversation out by saying that my initiative early on was that we wanted our, uh, we wanted to provide a safe and secure housing for, for single parents. So they knew that their kids were coming home to a safe place mm-hmm. and we're, we're not going to have any challenges. Well, it's bigger than that today, right? It's, yeah. it's the ability, you know, I have a story and the mistakes I've made along the way. I really believe that there's men and women and CEOs and, and managers and middle management people running companies that um, we run into these situations where you know, how do we make choices and how do we make decisions? How do you make choices, Megan, in a high stress situation? When, when you say, if I, you know, I don't want to disappoint anybody. I don't want to become a failure. And I think I can ride this out. And that's what I thought. I thought I could ride the market out. I didn't think that the market, you know, most I've seen downturns in the marketplace before, 10% correction in the market, 17 or 18 months, the market comes back. Who thought in 2008 we would see a um, 40% correction, much less, you know, seven or eight years before the market really rebounded. Mm -hmm. So as a result of that, you know, I I wound up being charged uh, with wire fraud and mail fraud, went to went to prison on a 10-year prison sentence, served about eight years. And, you know, today I'm home uh, in the coaching and training space, 
But my bigger message is how do I, how do I help people who are in those high pressure situations make better choices and better decisions in their life? Cause we get stuck. And how do you, you know, where do you go when you're stuck? Yeah. Well, it's so important. I mean, even in, I thank you so much for having the courage and audacity to share your story and to share your mm-hmm. truth and to share the lessons that you've learned along the way, because when you're in high stress environments, it's not easy. Um, that's for darn sure. And it's, yeah. it's, <laughs> it's hard to navigate when you feel like you're on an Island um, and there's, you're just trying to please everyone. And so um, some of the things that I know you have for our listeners are your coaching program and your book. So if you ever feel like you're in a situation like that, that obviously they can reach out to you and we'll make sure to put those in the notes. Um, But I think for me along the journey, it's come back to who am I surrounding myself with and who can I be just my authentic self with? And like when stuff hits the fan, like I want to know at the end of the day, okay, we still rescued a thousand girls this year. And like, you know, maybe I didn't get the paint color just right and nobody wants to rent our units because it's 50 shades of beige. (laughs) But at the end of the day, I impacted so many people. And from talking with you both on this episode and offline, it sounds like you have that same passion, grit, and determination. Yeah. I think you have to, you know, I mean, if you really have something that you believe in, you've got to go for it. And, um, you know, it's about giving back and how do we bless somebody else? You said, you said something early on about being self-serving, right? Servant leadership. Mm -hmm. And, and I think that if more people had that mentality or grabbed hold of that, the world would be a better place, right? Yeah, um, for sure. You know, when you look at events that have happened in our world, like 9-11 or COVID, or, you know, it's, it's really tended to bring some, you know, people back together. And I think mm-hmm. it makes a difference. So, yeah, you just, I think you, uh, uh, Everybody wants a little bit better, safer, healthier, loving place to live. And if everybody puts a little bit more into that, I think it can can change. Yeah, that's so true that choosing to be intentional isn't a hard choice. That Everyone can choose to be intentional and it can make a really big difference. So with that, what advice do you have to entrepreneurs, to founders, to business owners, if they're thinking about pivoting their business to have an impact on whatever causes that they care about or looking at starting a business that can make an impact for good. Yeah. So, um, so a couple of things, I think that uh, one is don't go it alone. Um, make sure that you're talking to wise counsel, you know, um, Proverbs says, uh, seek wise counsel. A smart man seeks wise counsel. And, mm-hmm. and that goes for women too. You know, I think that we need to talk to people around us and, and you know, go with your gut because, mm-hmm. you know, rarely lies. So if you, if you feel you're off base, think things through, go get some help, talk to somebody. Hey, listen, call me up. I'll talk to anybody about anything. 
um, within reason most of the time. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, you know, I think that we need to, we need to have those people around us, those people in our life that, that help us get through. So. Yeah, that's such good advice that surrounding yourself with wise counsel and people that you can be your authentic self with and just encourage you. And that's such a generous offer that people can reach out to you, Mike. What's the best way for people to connect with you after listening to this? Uh, And Megan, you know, you mentioned I have a book and I I just would like to, I'd love to offer that to your listeners. It's it's um, called Exit Plan, and it's your complete guide to multifamily investing and why you need an exit plan before you buy. I think it's something that, you know, we're not taught and we need mm-hmm. to think through from the beginning because we're, we're always taught how to get in a deal or how to operate a deal, but we're not taught how to get out. And mm-hmm. so I think it's a, a, a great lesson to learn, but you can go download a free copy of that. Uh, if you like to read an ebook and it's um, uh, mycoreintentions.com forward slash exit plan is where you can get the book and to reach me, you can reach me at Mike at mycoreintentions.com. Awesome. Well, thank you again, Mike, for sharing your story and for speaking your truth and for impacting the world so much. Um, I just appreciate you and I appreciate your authenticity Until next time, everyone, choose to dare greatly, do good, and make a difference. This has been another episode of Business for Good. Thank you for joining the Business for Good podcast. Make sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and share this with a friend.